Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, CEO of Digital Dawn, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Here on the Ecom Profit Podcast, I open Pandora's box and share with you and other ecom business owners weekly topics that will help you explode your business online. I outline my tried and true secret sauce, the D2D method, that's guaranteed to bring your business results. As an entrepreneur myself, I try to pull out all the same entrepreneurial passions in others. So get ready to be fired up about your business and let's have a great time. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. Welcome to the Ecom Profit Podcast. I'm your host, Dawn Sinkula, and today we have Jenna Zhang with us. She is a serial entrepreneur, a total idea junkie, marketing nerd, small business owner, and she's obsessed with helping others in the entrepreneurial community. I am excited to talk to Jenna today because she has co-founded a company called StaffNet. And I think for so many listeners, this is going to be something that you are going to want to pay close attention to. You're going to want to get out your notebook and you are going to want to listen to all the things and ideas that Jenna has. But first, before we get into that, Jenna, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Really excited to be here today. That's awesome. So let's kind of start with the basics. Tell us a little bit about your background. Tell me how you got into this world. Um, you, you mentioned you're a serial entrepreneur. Tell us all of the things about how, how you kind of got to the space. All of the things. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I um, came out of school and I thought I wanted to become a nurse. And once I realized that wasn't necessarily the career path for me in terms of shift work, that's not really um, my vibe. I really enjoy sleep. Um, I pretty much found a desk job and I worked for the federal government for um, several years. And while doing that, you know, um, I was bored. I just kind of felt like I was chained to a desk. It just really wasn't vibing with me. And it took me a long time to realize that it wasn't aligning with who I was. Um, in the process, I started a side hustle, though, and basically created a, well, started a cleaning company with one of my friends. And we went into it thinking, okay, we're going to buy products and we're going to find contracts, employees, and we're just going to schedule it out and everything will be hunky-dory. And that's really not the case. We didn't know the nuances of business, the ins and outs, the administrative side of things. And so I was quickly having all of these things pile up on my evenings and weekends while I was still managing my full-time job. And it was, it was exhausting. I just thought, why did I become an entrepreneur, get into business if this is what I'm going to be doing 24 seven. But then there was this little voice that I think we so often ignore my gut that said, keep on going. Like this is something like I'm enjoying it on some level, but the administrative side of things were just really killing my soul a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Death by paper cuts, I like to say, right? Like it's yeah, by a thousand cuts, yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, basically, um, we started looking for a platform. What can I help manage my business while you know making sure that things are running smoothly, automating the process, and ensuring that you know we're showing up properly for our clients, and then also having to work eighty hours a week on top of that, you know, full time, and then having 
all of a sudden part-time job. Yeah. And we also making money initially, right? So this is sweat equity going into my business at this point. So right. wanted to make sure that we were making the most of our time. So I'm looking for products, looking for services, um, and they're all subscription based, of course. And um, we tried a few, you know, we did a few trials trying to figure out what exactly we were looking for, because I also didn't know that. And in the process, um, you know, none really fit. We tried it on, it didn't really fit us. It's not a one size fits all. And that's what I realized early on. So we ended up kind of finding one that was okay. It was scheduling our employees and it was doing the bare minimum in terms of getting our employees to site. But through that, we were having issues of communication, exactly what they were supposed to do while they were there, you know, what would be their point of contact. And then on top of that, when I came to have to pay them, it wasn't tracking hours properly and everything was kind of all over the map. So for me, I ended up having to do a little bit more like work in certain areas because, you know, I needed to make sure people were paid on time, they were paid properly. Mm -hmm. So through the frustration, we found inspiration and we basically, it was a joke initially with um, my friend who co-owns the business. He said, well, we could do it better. And oh, yeah, okay, for sure. We're going to create a software. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, we basically talked to a developer and I said, you know, this is what I envision. And I actually used Microsoft Paint and I put together like this haphazard, very ugly idea of what I would need and what I would like to see, kind of like what's in my mind onto paper. But he's all the way in Toronto, so I had to kind of explain it however I could. So I put it on paint, wrote down all the features that I'd like to see, and he said, okay, leave it with me. I'll get you a quote. From there, the quote was pretty decent. And we just kind of looked at each other, Dwayne and I, and we thought like, are we really going to do this? Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I think so many people, you know, clients that work with us at the agency, other people that I've interviewed, they really start their businesses or brands a lot of times for a specific reason. And that reason a lot of times is out of need, right? Or they can't find a product or a service that fits with what they're looking for in their business. And I cannot tell you how many people I've interviewed talked to, worked with that their business has been created because of there being a, a miss in the marketplace or something that didn't fit with what they needed and they knew they could do it better. So that sounds exactly like what you guys have created. So before we get right. into a little bit of that, tell me a little bit, like what was it specifically that you were missing in these apps or these tools that you were looking for? So communication, easy to navigate administrative type things that were, were kind of, you know, misses for you. I'm trying to just give our listeners a sense of like things that I know they struggle with on a regular basis that are opportunities for them as too. So tell us a little bit about what wasn't working and what yeah. this is fixing. Yeah. So in business, I think the biggest breakdown in the issue is always communication at the end of the day. Yeah. If you don't have that um, kind of tightly knit, then you're, it's going to fall apart. So that's between you and your clients, between you and your staff. And then if you are kind of hands off in a managerial position and your clients and your staff are communicating on the front end, or even if you're online and you know you have a customer service agent talking to a client, that line of communication needs to be efficient as well. So we were really lacking in those areas. And to be honest, um, we lost contracts because of it, because there was a 
lack of communication. So when we saw, you know, the gap in the market for that, obviously it gave us the green light to be like, hey, there's obviously a space for us here. But then also in business, we thought to ourselves, we need to be better if we're going to take this anywhere at all. So communication is massive in terms of communicating with our clients. So automations. So automations is what I mean by that is um, client confirmations, follow-ups, all of these things that me as somebody doing dispatch at the time, um, even contacting clients to like from using our CRM at the time, because we were using a separate tool uh, for follow-up calls, you know, maybe not their buying, it's not their buying period now, but in the future. So when am I going to follow up with them? So all of these areas of communication that I needed to really like hunker down and make sure that, you know, it was really tight and that we knew exactly what to do two months from now for this buying period for this client, because I could write all the post-its in the world, but I'm just going to let things fall through the cracks. And that's what was happening. So especially running a small business, a lot of entrepreneurs that start a small business, especially a side hustle, don't go to business school. So we don't know the ins and outs of how to run a business. So we don't know um, how to properly organize. And so that's where we came in to be able to help on this front to be able to cover that gap in communication, be able to make sure, you know, tasks are followed up on time because as an entrepreneur, you wear all of the hats and you can't remember everything. So automations was a massive feature that we needed to have in this to be able to run my day and tell me what to do because whatever I did last week, I have no idea what I set in motion for two months from now, you know? I think we all struggle with that. Totally. So you found this developer, you put all your ideas down, you found this developer and the developer said, Hey, we can make this happen. And you guys thought, okay, so let's go for it. So you, you took the leap. So not only have you taken a leap in doing a side hustle now as a business, but you're kind of doing next level leap, right. And developing a a SaaS type tool, an app that's going to help you with this. So you're like double entrepreneuring, right? Like you're layering the business and then the next on top of it. So talk a little bit about like that part of the process in developing an app and some technology and some things like that. I mean, obviously out of need, but was there challenges or weird things that you didn't anticipate that were going to kind of come up as, as roadblocks from that piece of it? Or was it just like, Hey, we found a great guy. He, he did it and it was easy peasy. For sure. Roadblocks. There's always, it's never an easy way as an entrepreneur. There's highs and lows, peaks and valleys. Um, I think it was very gradual for us in the sense that when we met with the developer and we came up with the wireframe, for us, we were at the time creating the software and app for us only. I had no idea that I wanted to market this. So I just wanted to solve our problem. And then I don't even know what this aha, what caused this aha moment, but there was this point where I was just kind of sitting with it and I thought, well, I'm struggling with this as a small business, as somebody who had no business being in business because I had no schooling whatsoever, no experience in running a business. You know, other people are obviously struggling too, but to the tune of that, I didn't really want to jump into a market that looks fairly saturated because we had done many trials of different platforms. Um, Obviously, I knew ours was a bit different because it was my perfect software based on what I needed. Right. And I wanted to make sure that we actually had a space in the market. So we did a beta test. And mm-hmm. so the beta test was very revealing in the sense that, um, you know, a lot of businesses are struggling, but, um, you know, 
overall, I think people don't know where to start. And so it kind of gave us a really good headway in terms of learning how to market our business as well. Right. So we know how to approach these small businesses that are very apprehensive to even get a software app because they don't even think they're at the stage of doing that. But what I realized is that when you feel you're not ready for something, it means like you're almost ready to start the next step. Like you hold yourself back so often in terms of, for example, we didn't expand the team for so long because I thought thought we're not at that stage yet, you know, but it was one of my regrets for not expanding the team sooner because we would have been leaps and bounds further ahead. And same thing with organization and business, you know, I'm not at that stage yet. But if you're planning ahead for this kind of stuff, you're able to grow your business and scale your business so much better. And that's the benefit of using a software and tool like this. You're able to scale your business properly and you're not going to have as many setbacks. Now, in terms of for us setbacks, there's bugs. There's always bugs. And so that's been really difficult to deal with in the standpoint that I'm very much a people pleaser. So as soon as I hear something's wrong, like alarms are going off and freaking out and I'm calling the developer and he's like, take a deep breath. This is a software. (laughs) This is not a tangible product. This is not like a water bottle that you're selling. You know, you can't send it, ship it. It's, this is a software. Always there's things that are going to come up. So um, it's inevitable. Things will come up and it's really taught me how to, ride it out a little bit more. So those are the main roadblocks that come up for us. Beta test went really well. And um, from there, we did the soft launch. And so for me, the soft launch was difficult because I didn't necessarily know how to market my business fully yet. Like we had an idea of the angle that we were going to take. But going into business, there's so many things, you know, we talked about different nuances before, but marketing is massive. So that's been really revealing for me to be able to learn how to do that in my business. Yeah. So you soft launched this out into a marketplace and obviously it was a success. You've had, you know, obviously bugs and and roadblocks and things like that. But tell us now today, the evolution of this product, this app that you've come up with, what is it really, who is it ideally for what does it do? Give us all, all the details of like in today's world, where where it's landed. I mean, I know it's probably an evolution, right? Like it's probably going yeah. to evolve and change and continue. But as of today, like tell us a bit more about where you've landed and who's using it. Yeah, so we're definitely catered to the small to medium business. We did our beta test with several different businesses from online to brick and mortar to, um, you know, working with remote teams as well. And so, um, yeah, mainly small businesses, you know, there's e-commerce businesses that use it because among the features, you know, we have inventory, we have CRM, we have task management. And then on top of that, our meat and potatoes is the scheduling aspect. So managing your team and also clients as well. So that's kind of where we come in to help that out. Where we've landed in the past year is kind of interesting. We have subscribers. Obviously, that's where a subscription-based SaaS business. But we've started this consulting on the side. It was wild. Um, Through email marketing, I just wrote, I put a little button because I saw one in an email that I received from somebody that I follow. It said, if you want to chat or you have a question to this email, just hit reply. I thought, I'm going to do that for our subscribers. So these are not necessarily even paying clients, just people who have subscribed through the um, website because we do have a blog that I post regularly. And it's about entrepreneurship and growing your business and all that stuff. Anything that's in my mind that I think is valuable, I kind of put out there. And 
um, yeah, I put it out there, just a little button, and people started reaching out with questions. And so now we've built this online community with our brand, which is just so special because we've been able to help people who um, had a little seedling of an idea and just kind of was hearing that like voice of no because it was a voice of doubt and this kind of gave them the idea to move it forward um maybe they were putting roadblocks in their way and they just like didn't realize it was so easy to start a business so we've done this totally free um because it's it fills my cup it makes me really happy but that's kind of where we're at in terms of where we're landing we're helping small to mean businesses get started on their journey of organizing their business and being able to scale and grow that on their own terms by planning Yeah. Well, so if you're a small to medium business and you're struggling with organization, communication, task management, follow up, um, I don't care if you're a small to medium business, any business really is going to struggle with these things, right? Like it's just part of business. And particularly the more remote we are and the more that we do things virtually, um, I think really that's just kind of the way business is headed in a lot of areas this is a tool that can really help you get yourself kind of recentered, reorganized. And now you're building a great community too, which is amazing. Amazing. So let's talk about a couple of things that maybe, um, if you could go back, I always like to ask this question. So let, let's talk about like failure for just a minute. So we know that it's part of every journey, right? I, I, if you've listened to my podcast or seen any of my life, like I've talked about this, my, my own personal journey of things I wish I would have, should have, could have. Was there ever something maybe this or something else as you got into your entrepreneurial journey that you've worked on? Um, you loved it, but in the end it tanked or it just didn't take off like you thought or a functionality that you loved, but nobody else really loved it or used it. Is there anything like... And what did you kind of do about that? Because I feel like a lot of people get so many ideas and they either don't go forward with them or they do go forward with them and then they don't work and then they just stop. So can you talk about maybe something in your journey that you've sort of worked on, loved, but in the end maybe just wasn't the best idea ever or (laughs) something along those lines? Yeah. um, Honestly, for our cleaning business, can I talk about the cleaning business or more staff net? It doesn't matter either one. It doesn't matter either one. Um, yeah. So for cleaning business, we I'll talk about our, our approach to our business model because for us, we took this approach of the um, classic employee manager role and you know getting clients and all that stuff. And for some reason, it just it never aligned for us. It didn't really hit for us, and um, we just never really like vibed very well with it. And it took us a long time to realize that you know, for our business to thrive and grow, we needed to become this middleman. And we took a different approach. I, have you ever seen like um, hairdressers in a salon? They own their chair, or they rent their chair, and then yeah. they have their clients. So kind of took that and remodeled it for our business. And basically, we hire subcontractors. So we act as the middleman. We acquire the contract, then we have our subcontractor, and then we act as a middleman between the two as a liaison. Ah. And yeah, so for us, when we started a business, we were struggling so much because of the admin side of things. That was its own issue. But then over here, um, especially having a service based business, it's really hard with like the high turnover. And for us, it 
was a huge shift. As soon as we shifted away from employees, away from that idea of this is how you're supposed to do it, and we kind of took our own approach, our own twist on the hairdresser and the salon chair, we changed the cadence of the growth of our business by like tenfold. It was insane. It was almost overnight where we saw the growth of our business go from, you know, very limited profits to more than what we could have expected. So yeah, I think often we take the approach of what we're supposed to do versus listening to that inner gut. I love that. And I think so many people see other people doing it this way and they think that's the way that they have to do it. Or they see things on social media and they feel like, oh, well, you know, this is the right way to do it. And sometimes you got to break the mold, right? And do what's going to be best for your business. And I love that experience of having something different that worked best for you. And you were able to immediately see the benefits of doing it differently and how that is. And is that still currently how that model works for you guys today? Are you still doing the cleaning business or are you Yeah, not- so that's our first baby. Yeah. Our newborn is staff net. Um, yeah. yeah, so we're a little bit more hands-off with the cleaning business now because yeah. uh, we have our hands full with staff net. But yeah, that's like self-managed. It does its thing, but that's still the business model that we'll continue to follow because it works really well. And We've been able to build a community and a brand around that within our area. We're in Ottawa, Canada, so it's a smaller little town. And once we built up that reputation, um, you know, we do zero marketing for our business. It's all word of mouth. The power of word of mouth is insane, especially in a small town, as you probably know. Um, And so, yeah, it's been phenomenal for our business to be able to thrive and grow through just kind of taking a chance on a new idea and, you know, trying it out. And I think that's the biggest thing in business. And what that taught me was it's okay to try something and be okay with failing at it because I was totally prepared to like not do well with the subcontractors and have it kind of, you know, bite me in the butt and my clients would be super unhappy. I was just, I was ready for that, you know? And so I was ready for the worst and um, through business, I think that's the kind of mentality you have to be, you're going to be okay. Tomorrow is going to be a new day. You know, it's okay to make mistakes and fail forward, always failing forward. And so that's the kind of the motto that we took on that. And luckily it worked out. I love that. Cause I was just going to ask you what's the most, most important thing that you think you've learned in your business journey along the way. And that I think you <laughs> answered it is like failing forward. I love that yes. phrase and that, you know, if I feel like if you haven't made a mistake, if you haven't failed, if you haven't done something that you look back and go, oh, that was gut wrenching, then you probably haven't tried enough yet right on your entrepreneurial journey because it's inevitable everybody is going to make mistakes everybody is going to fail everybody is going to have i mean i don't know one entrepreneur that has come into this space regardless of what they're doing what service they're in what industry you know product otherwise they've had some level of failure and i think it's what you do with that how you dust yourself off how you move forward and what you know you you kind of think through on the other side so that you don't continue to make the same mistakes but it's pretty inevitable that you're going to do it oh totally totally and as you were talking i just thought of another example for StaffNet. if you want me to kind of provide on that side of things is um i mentioned marketing earlier Whenever we went into business, we thought, okay, we're going to launch and we have to do X, Y, and Z to get our name out there and our brand, um, create brand recognition, no like trust, all that stuff. 
And we thought, okay, we have to have this crazy budget for marketing. So we are bootstrapped, self-funded, everything like that. And we had some funds saved up for this. You know, we were paying for the app to be developed, but we thought, okay, we're going to have this on the side. And one thing that like didn't work out well was paid advertising for us initially. Yeah. because there was no brand recognition. We were brand new to the scene. We basically popped out of thin air and all of a sudden we were like, hi, we're here. We're scheduling CRM, inventory app. We can help you out with organizing your business. And people were just like, yeah. <laughs> it really fell flat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like to be totally transparent with you, that was like $20,000 wasted. We spent $20,000 on this and that fell flat. It was the most expensive lesson of my life to date. And yeah, yeah, it's just because we didn't know, we knew the approach that we wanted to take, the angle that we wanted to take, but we didn't know our customer personas. We didn't know, you know, the story behind what we were creating, like the problem that we were solving for the client. We didn't create that brand story deep enough to resonate with people and, um, make that emotion-based connection and so we learned a lot through the process and um, you know generally if you're willing to put the money out there uh, marketers will take it (laughs) and they'll be like okay no problem and that's not to say that they're bad people they did their job and everything like that but it's we weren't in a place to market at that level and so organic marketing became my thing became my hobby in a way on the side where I was like, how can I spend $0 in marketing? Cause I literally have $0 for marketing. So out of necessity, we we were able to grow our brand without spending any money on marketing. So that idea really fell flat, even like slap me in the face. (laughs) You know, I think that's such a good point because I have been asked so many times, obviously running a marketing agency, you know, we're on, on both sides of things, right? Like everybody hates marketing agencies, but everybody loves marketing agencies because you yeah. can't do what you, you know, this, that, and the other. And I get asked all the time, like, how do I know when I'm ready to start working with a marketing agency? And I think there's, you know, of course, some KPIs and some things that, you know, have you made this? Have you done that? Those kinds of things. But really, when you back it up, I think before you put any money into anything paid, media, otherwise, is that if you don't have your story nailed down, you don't have your customer persona buttoned up, you don't know who you're talking to, you don't know what problem you're solving and saying it in a way that your customer is going to hear because the way that you say it isn't the way your customer is going to hear it, right? And, And if you don't have all of that really dialed in, the best marketing strategy in the world isn't going to sell your stuff because it's just going to fall flat on people who you think you're talking to, but in reality, you're not. So I love that you said that. I'm sorry that you had that experience, but I love (laughs) that you said that because I think it's so true for so many people. They just instantly put budget or they've got money or they think that's the way to go is to like, I'm going to get paid media or I'm going to hire a marketing firm or I'm going to hire a PR agency or I'm going to start doing all these influencing things. And the reality is like, you haven't even done like the, the real work first of having that really initial customer persona conversation. So nobody can know, like, and trust you if they don't know what you're selling and you don't know who you're talking to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap things up, let me ask you a couple of, of smaller questions. Now this could, we could talk for hours on this one, but what do you think are some of the biggest constraints that are going to be facing you in your business right now as a SaaS development? Let's talk specifically about the app and things like that. What are some of the biggest challenges that you think are going to be facing you over the next couple of years? For the next couple of years, I would say competing with the market, evolving with the market so that we can, um, you know, serve on the same level as the, the big guys, right? Like we're one of the little guys at this point, there's so many great businesses out there that are super well established, you know, going on 30 years plus. So for us to come onto the scene, we have to work extra hard to stay relevant Mm -hmm. and maintain that competitive edge. Right. So maintain that unique selling point. You know, we are the first flat rate scheduling app. And um, basically what that means is a lot of these different platforms, they charge one flat rate and then they charge per user. So we thought, okay, since we came from a place of not intending to market this from the get go, so it wasn't money based, financially based. How can we serve our community? So then we thought, okay, we'll just do a flat rate. Like it makes no difference to me if I pay per user because I was not expecting to get paid out of this, right? And so that evolved into our um, unique selling point. So um, I think that definitely helps us. But in the future, you know, we need to be a little bit more competitive in terms of um, how much we can offer as well to be able to compete with um, some of these bigger guys. Yeah. I love yeah. that. That I love that that you're thinking about it and that you're planning to go after it and that you're you're wanting to compete with the bigger guys, right? And yeah. and keep it on a scale that is still for small business owners, but is yeah. going to be competitive in the marketplace. And I think the SaaS industry and apps and things like that are going to go through so much transformation over the next couple of years with privacy laws and with the different challenges that come with mm-hmm. the devices and all of the different things that it's going to be really interesting to see, um, you know, how everybody has to evolve and develop over time because I think it's going to get, I, I know as marketers that has already become challenging for us. I know app developers and SaaS people are struggling with different, you know, elements of that. And so I love that you're, you're thinking about it and planning for it because it really is going to be, you know, who, who can stay consistent, right. A- across and who's got, and, and it's not always necessarily who's got the biggest budget. I think it's more about who has the best product. Right. And who can tell that story and who can stay in line with what the consumer customers really need at this point. So it's awesome. Yeah. And then staying in line with um, our values, too. Right. So I mentioned competing with the big guys, but, you know, competing on the level that we are still marketed for a small business. I'm not trying to go for these megacorp accounts and stuff like that. We're at no level for that at this point. We're small to medium businesses. So I think it's sometimes hard to stay in your lane when you just see the bigger picture, you see the mountains, the horizons and all that, and you just, you want it all, right? But I think it's so hard to stay in your lane once you get started because it's so exciting as an entrepreneur. If you truly love what you do, you're like, well, I want everything. All of the ideas. Yeah. And I'm a total idea junkie. Like I love it. I was just telling my husband the other day, I was like, we should buy a parking lot because like that's residual income. People are just paying every time they come in. He's like, stop. You have two businesses. Like you're fine. Like we're not buying a parking lot, Jenna. (laughs) So yeah. Sounds just like me. Just, just, I'm always like, oh, 
you know what? We should be doing this. We should be doing that. There's this next thing. My husband's like, please stop. Don't. No, no more. Because he's not an entrepreneur. So it doesn't flow the same way. (laughs) <laughs> oh, totally. And you know, we need that person to balance us. I think that's so important right. because they're like your sounding board. And if they're like, pump the brakes and you're like, maybe, oh, maybe yeah. I'm going to sit on this. <laughs> right. right. Well, as we, as we wrap up here, what would be one piece of advice, I guess, that you would give sort of those newer middle entrepreneurs or even people who've been doing it for a while? What's one piece of advice that you know, either you've learned, somebody's given to you that you want to share with our listeners? Not to be afraid, uh, sorry, not to be afraid of failure. I think, you know, we mentioned failing forward before. It's so often easy to be swayed to do the things that people say you're supposed to do and we don't trust our gut. And, you know, um, we silence that little voice inside of our bodies and then something will happen and hindsight is 2020. You're like, oh, I knew I should have gone the other way. There's nothing you can do now, right? And right. we often kind of follow the masses because we're afraid of, you know, what other people will think. You're doing something different. And, yeah. you know, maybe it's crazy to somebody else. And then you let their ideas kind of creep into your mind and it like causes doubt, right? And, yeah. you know, sometimes friends and family can be very guilty of that, right? And it's not intentional whatsoever. So I think as a new entrepreneur, you know, follow your gut, trust your gut. Don't be afraid of failure. If it fails, cool, pick yourself back up and do it again. Like it's going to be okay. But I think we have this end all be all mentality sometimes where we think the world is going to end if people see that we fail at something. And, you know, with that marketing example that I gave to you before, I felt like such a failure. I was like a $20,000 failure, you know, and it, uh, it was, it was a hard wound to heal. And, you know, there's lots of salt in there, but you know, you lick your wounds and you get back up and you try it again and hopefully it works again. But if that doesn't work, then there's always another option. There's always a solution at the end of the day. And I think that um, always needs to be top of mind to be able to continue to grow your business. Otherwise, you're not going to really go anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. I love, love, love that. Well, tell people um, where they can find you. So if you want to learn more about this app, I think there is so much value in business owners like who want some of these tedious tasks taken off their plate, who need a solution for all of the things that we talked about to get those to-do lists done, to communications, to all those sorts of things. I encourage everybody to go check this out. But Jenna, tell people where they can um, find you and, and where you're hanging out on social media and of course we'll drop this all in the show notes but yeah you can find us at staffnet.ca and um so for right now for a trial we're offering 14 days for free whenever you try us so you can try us and see if we fit and then our team is always there to provide demos and support through that through the portal on social media we're at staffnet and then on linkedin staffnet scheduling Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This was a wonderful conversation. I love hearing entrepreneurial journeys and you've had multi layers of them. And I think that the insight that you provided will really resonate with our listeners. So thank you so much for being on the show and we may have you back if we have more questions. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks everybody for listening. And if you have any questions for Jenna, please be sure to drop us a note, leave us a comment. If you like this episode, be sure to leave us a review as well. And until next time, thanks so much for listening.
Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you like what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd leave a review. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to see if you're a good fit to work with the Digital Dawn team, head over to digitaldawnagency.com forward slash contact and let's book a call. Thanks so much again and until next time.